Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Push Pull Podcast, Stories of Human Migration. I'm David Arnsparger, AP World History teacher at James Clemens High School in Madison, Alabama. And today, our guest is my favorite student, Daniel Sue. And Daniel's going to tell us a wonderful story, uh, a very personal story about his parents and how they came to the United States from uh, his one parent from China and the other from Taiwan. So welcome to Push Pull Podcast, Daniel. Hello. And why don't you uh, tell us your story of how your parents came to the United States of America? Um, so, well, I start, I'll start with my mother. Um, her family is usually, she was pretty well off. Um, now, where was she sense. living? She was living in China. Okay. And... It was in the city of Beijing. Okay. And so she traveled to America because there was an exchange student program to see what it was like to be in the schools of America. Just So she um, stayed for one year. And, and do you know what year that was or about uh, how old when that might have happened? I don't really know for sure, but... Um, I do know that she liked it in the U.S. mostly because in China there was, at that time, there was a big test, right? Um, at the end of high school, all <laughs> all the students had to take a really big test where it was basically a make it or break it kind of thing, where if you failed this, then your entire career is over. And so 40% of the students of this exam are just cut off, right? They just, um, like, flunk out 40% of the lowest scores. So this was pretty stressful, as you yeah, might I think. Yeah, I can imagine, sure. Um, because nobody wants to do this kind of thing, because in China, this test, you can't really retake it. And, for example, in the U.S., if you fail the SAT or the ACT, you can just redo it, right? Mm. You can have a second chance. But... Um, Back then, there wasn't, in China, there wasn't really that kind of thing. You couldn't really just do over a test. <laughs> and so she came to, to, she came to the United States and she uh, did a, an exchange program. She liked yeah. it here. And then wha- where did it go from there? So she stayed with a, um, s- she stayed with a family who uh, wanted to take care of her for a while. And then, um, it was a lot of experiences in the U.S. It was <laughs> it was pretty funny how um, people would go up to her and ask, um, "Do you eat dog?" And it, this was a pretty prominent question that was asked her uh, quite a lot, and she was pretty upset because, I mean. If you're a normal person in China who migrated to the U.S., it would be pretty strange for people to ask all the time if whether or not you eat dog. Now, this is probably kind of reasonable, to be honest, because back then in the history of China, from the Great Leap Forward, there was a big famine caused by the um, Communist Party leader, Mao Zedong, and he instituted like a bunch of reforms that caused a huge famine. And back then, if you had a dog, um, it wasn't really considered a pet. Um, it was more considered like a food supply. 
Yeah, I mean, you make a really good point here that, that Mao's great leap forward was um, definitely a time where there was uh, probably about between 36 and 40 million people died of starvation that was brought on by the Chinese Communist Party government there. Um, and we've, we've read some uh, articles uh, in, a, in uh, a review of a book uh, written by a Chinese man at that time that talked about cannibalism. So I would imagine somebody would eat a dog before they would eat humans. Um, but uh, I, th- I think those stereotypes are probably probably worked their way through our, our system by now, like I would like to think they are. Um, so then your mom ended up coming here a- after she spent a year here. Did she have to go back to China and then come back to the States? Or what was that? How did she do that? Um, actually, <laughs> because her family was a bit higher up in the um, money-wise, she could... Her parents could pay for her tuition to study in America mm-hmm. and, well, kind of stay here instead of moving back to China with this big okay. test. And, well, this is kind of surprising, to say the least, because that it was a bit surprising how her family could support her, her um, establishment in the U.S., because back then we know that because of the Great Famine, China was greatly impoverished. And her one of her aunts actually has experience in this. Um, she says, well, my mom's aunt says that back then, living during the time of the famine, she her family had to count the grains of rice and distribute it across the whole entire family. And it was really, really bad because, well, I mean, if you have to count the grains of rice, sure. yeah. it would. Mm-hmm. Your, your, um, so then your mom stayed here after college. Met your dad here. Yeah. And where's your dad from? Well, my dad's from Taiwan. Okay. And, um, well, his grandpa brought him to the U.S. Because, well, his grandpa, or, well, sorry, his father was not, it was my grandpa. Mm -hmm. He brought my dad to the U.S. because he, there was a lot of opportunity there. And also, (laughs) my grandpa was also trying to get his Ph.D. And so, there was was another thing along with that. So, sort of like two birds with one stone. So, so the pull factors for your for your dad and your grandfather were similar for education purposes, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess your mom too, on um, the fact to to get an education to go to college, right? Pull pull factors. You you mentioned several push factors, um, and then your parents met here, and you were born. Where were you born, Daniel? I was born in California. You were born in California. Okay. Um, did you, uh, obviously, these are your parents, but did you, just for the sake of the project, did you talk to them a little bit more and try to get some more information and get things? It seems to me like you've got some pretty good contextual stories here that were going on, things that were going on in China. Well, yeah, there is a huge, there's a big context background to my father's side, and I've discussed my mother's side right now, so I guess I'd like to move on to my father's family. Okay. And so, this goes really far back. 
from the events of the Qing dynasty. And so this was the last sort of empire or like monarchy in China, right? And so during that time, the Nationalist Party had overthrown the Qing dynasty. And um, so it was more of, it was less of like a monarchy and it was more of like a modern government. This is ballpark 1911. Yeah, I'd say so. And so this was the the Nationalist Party that Mm -hmm. sort of ruled China. And there was also a Communist Party, but it was pretty small back then. Um, And I guess next, I'd like to say that there was also Japan, who who is growing to be a modernized country. And And we're talking about in the the 1930s, this is going on. Mm -hmm. And so in the 1930s, Japan... um, had greatly modernized because they saw America with its battleships kind of bullying them. And so they were thinking, we got to get our act together. And they started the Meiji Restoration. And so Japan was getting a lot of these big guns. And so they sort of invaded, or well, yeah, they invaded China. They invaded China, right? So they had a lot of these big imperialist ideas to start capturing everything. And so this sparked the Second Sino-Japanese War. And there are three phases, but um, it was mostly the first two that affected my uh, father's family, which lived in China at this time. Right. And so the first phase was the rapid expansion of the Japanese, who were really, like, just plowing through Chinese territory. And however, the nationalist forces um, kind of put a stop to this. And in, they were, Japan and China were sort of in a stalemate for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But during this war, the Communist Party had, the Communist Party in China had also grown quite a lot. And so it had a great influence on the government and also the military. So this was a big problem. And clearly because during the stalemate time period, the civil war broke out in China, and this was between the Nationalist Party and the Communist Party. And so... So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of speed things along here. So the, Ch- the, communist, the Chinese Communists and the Nationalists fought uh, in 1949. The mm-hmm. Communists came, uh, came in control of the government, Mao Zedong. Is this when your dad's family moved from mainland China to Taiwan? Uh, during yeah. this time period? There is actually a pretty big story to that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, th- yeah, this is the time when my f- dad's family moved to Taiwan. But before that, um, the there was still, like, my dad's family was still in China when this whole entire war was going on. And so it was China was kind of in a big crisis, right? Because it was in civil war, but it was also fighting Japan. And um, so the communist, the Nationalist Party focused first on the Communist Party because they had to take care of the internal factors before they can actually worry about um, fighting right. Japan. And, and as Chiang Kai-shek said, communism is a disease of the heart. So yes, they had to fight the communists and the Japanese. Yeah, so I was just about to talk about um, Chiang Kai-shek. So Chiang Kai-shek was the leader of the nationalist government, and he wanted to take out the Communist Party because it's a big, 
it was a big thing back yeah. then. Not it wasn't really widely supported um, from. Democ- so was your dad in the nationalist government at the time, or how did, where, how does that fit in here? Um. So, well, or your dad's family rather. My dad's family. His, my great great or my great grandpa, or rather my. All right. So that's grandpa. All right. So there. So th- this is all going on. Did they ended up getting to Taiwan? Your dad's family. Yeah, they moved okay. to Taiwan. All right, and then they lived there for a while. Then your dad and his dad came to the United States. Okay, met your mom here, and um, and obviously the pull the pull factors here coming here, and the push factors we talked about, uh, and you did a great job putting everything into context for us, and um, you know it's a wonderful uh, story, and it's. It obviously, you could tell you got lots of good information. I hope you'll be able to pass these kind of things along to your kids one day. Thank you for being here with us today, Daniel. Okay.